Hello, Life Church. How are you? Welcome back. I'm so glad you're with us. I'm glad to be with you in your homes or at your office or wherever you may be. I love getting to spend time with you, even if it's through a camera. So I'm glad you're with us. Hey, I want to begin today with a prayer. I want to pray for you. Would you take this moment, bow your heads. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. I thank you that you're going to use this uh, teaching time to strengthen us. Uh, Lord, we ask for the, the inspiration of your word to speak through me. Use it today. God, I pray for every person that's listening. Lord, that you would bless them. Bless them abundantly, I pray. I pray that you'd provide for them in every way. I pray for a protection of healing and, and just strength over every person. So, Father, we pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, give me an amen at home. I'm so glad you're with us today. We're beginning a series. I'm excited about starting a brand new series. We finished our last from last week. Today, we're in a series we're calling Better Together. And I do believe with all of my heart that we are always better together. Now, in this series, it's going to take us about five weeks to get through it. Through this series, there are several things that I really hope to accomplish. So here's some hopes of mine. I hope that by the end of this series, you feel better connected to your church and the purpose of our church. I hope that even from online, maybe you're watching from Texas or Ohio, because I've heard from some of you, uh, maybe you can even feel better connected as well. I hope that we take some of the new attenders, whether they're online or in person, and we help you find opportunities to serve. I believe we can find some places for you to serve even from where you live. We want want to help you participate in some activities that we're having. We're going to have some activities around our in-person church services, and maybe some of you can come and be a part of that. Honestly, I really hope that through this series that I am able to invite some of you that are watching online that do not have health concerns and you're in our area, I hope to invite you to come back to our in-person services. They've been so great. The atmosphere of worship is so powerful. And so for some of you, we hope to use this series to bring some of you back to in-person. We hope to transition some of you from a church to my church. I want this to be your church. I want to help us take all the people that are here and make us feel better connected. We want to turn a crowd into a community. And so that's our heart for it. For this series, a couple verses to get you going. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Listen, I don't want anyone to feel like an outsider. I don't want you to feel like you're outside of what God is doing here. We want you to be part of the church family. Ephesians 2.19 says, now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. I don't want you to feel like you're a stranger. We don't want you to feel like you're a guest. We want you to feel like this. Look at what the Bible says, that you are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And that's how I want us to feel as a church, as a family, that we're connected and that we are better 
together, even for our online campuses, wherever you may be, we want you to feel connected, to be part of a church community, because I believe we're better together. And the Bible affirms that we are better together. There are some verses for that. Let me just read these to you as well. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need each other. And when we are in community, we sharpen one another. We make each other stronger. And so it's good to be in community. Ephesians chapter 4, 9 and 10 says, Two people are better. Everybody say better, better. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Listen, I think we are wired to help each other, make each other better. And so we need to be together. We're better together. The Bible says in verse 10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We don't want anybody to be in real trouble. We want to be better together. And in Deuteronomy 32.30, I believe this is even in, in kind of light of spiritual warfare. It's always better to be together. It says one will chase a thousand. Listen, I think the power of God is inside of you. Chase a thousand off. You can chase a thousand troubles away. But listen, two puts 10,000 to flight. And so we are always better together. Now, over the next several weeks in this series, we want to have some events that help connect people together. Now, I know through this COVID-19 that it's more difficult than ever to help people feel relationally connected. That's why we're doing this series. And even through the difficulties and through the obstacles that are there, I believe better together is still a biblical principle that we want to try to figure out, even if it's through a camera, through online, uh, even in our social distancing, in our services, how can we become better together and be connected? So we've created some events that will be uh, able for you to participate, not all of them, but let me go through some things coming up. On November 8th, we have a coffee camper truck that's going to be here. It's a camper. It's going to have coffee. When you come to the in-person service, you'll be able to get coffee and hang out and feel a sense of community around that. That. It'll be here before and after each of those in-person services. So if you're in Texas, uh, you may not be able to make that one. You can get coffee, though, and join us online. You just have to get your own coffee. Um, so that's that's supposed to be funny. Right, November 15th, baptisms and food truck at each service. I'm really excited about this day. We're going to have baptisms after each service. We have a food truck that's going to be here to help create a celebration. And if you are wanting to be baptized, baptized, and maybe you do live out of our area, this may be a week that you kind of make a pilgrimage to Wilmington, North Carolina. So maybe you live in Western North Carolina. Listen, we invite you to come to church with us. Come to Wilmington for a week and come be part of a baptism service. And it's not a bad place to have to come visit. We do have a beautiful beach. And so that might be one of the ways that you can participate. You can come be with us. 
We're going to have on November 22nd, we're going to have baby dedications. If you've had a baby in the last, you know, year or so, and maybe you've never had one of your children dedicated to the Lord, it's a special service that will do that. And we'll even make accommodations to the best of our abilities to make sure that you are protected from the COVID-19 during that day if you want to participate. We're going to work, find every way we can to help you be a part of that as well. We're going to have communion that day. We'll have it in person. We'll encourage you to have communion supplies at your house and you can take it online as well. And so we'll do that all together. Then November 29th, we have our Heart for the City offering. Now, I don't know if you were with us last year when we took up this offering. It was an amazing offering. And what we want to do is to serve our city. And so we took a final last offering of the year, kind of a special offering above our tithes and offerings. But we gave towards a heart for the city. Last year, we raised over $24,000 that we were able to help ministries in our city, and it went towards outreach through our church. So all those dollars are for the city. And so we're going to take up another offering just like we did last year so we can do more in our city, and that's coming up on November 29th. So I hope you'll make every effort you can to be a part of all of this that is absolutely possible. And so that's what we're going to do through this series. Now today, my sermon title, let's just jump right into a word today. That's all the introduction for you today. So the word that I'm preaching today is from crowd to community. I really want to help us as a community or a crowd become closer connected through community. Now here, let me tell you a little bit about me. Just as I'm thinking about a crowd and I'm thinking about community, a crowd is just a group of people. My personality tends to be more extroverted. So that's kind of my personality. I'm fairly outgoing and I tend to gravitate towards a party. So when I hear that someone's got a little party going on, something inside of me says, well, I want to go to that. And I mean, that's just how I'm wired. I like it. So that type of situation in a community setting, I really love. But I've learned something else about myself too, that if I go into a room or to an event where I do not know anyone, when I'm in a crowd like that, I tend to not engage very well. I find myself to be a little uncomfortable in big crowds where I don't know anybody. Now, Harriet is just the opposite. She can go in and work a room and talk, talk, talk. Uh, I just tend to let her kind of lead the conversation and jump in right after that. I would tend to somewhat feel isolated or uncomfortable in crowds where I don't know people. Once I get to know you, I love it. I love community. I'm not so comfortable in a crowd And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, that crowds make people uncomfortable. And that's why church sometimes feels uncomfortable for people when they first come, because they're in a crowd and they don't know anyone. They don't have people to talk to, and it can feel a little uncomfortable. That's why we're doing this series, to help you find comfort, to find community, so that you can really love being a part of this church. Now, I recognize that online is a little bit of a different challenge, and I'm talking to my online church, but I think there's ways that we can even come together as an online church together. So whether you're in person, whether you're online, you need to know that community 
always takes effort. It, it's not instant. It takes a little time. Sometimes it's a little messy. Sometimes people disappoint us a little bit. But if we pursue community, then I believe we'll discover that life is better together. Life is better together. So we're here to help turn a crowd into a community. And so I want to take us to scripture. I want to take us to Acts chapter two. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. And in this, you're going to find in my teaching today, there are two essential common bonds that begin to form a community. And so the context for Acts chapter two, let me set this up for you because right here in this moment that we're going to get to is fresh off the heels of Jesus's death and resurrection. And, and he had uh, instructed his disciples to go to Jerusalem, pray, and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit in an upper room. And so they were there praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So they were in Jerusalem. And at the time that they were in Jerusalem, this is one of the Jewish main festivals, which meant in that town of Jerusalem, it was filled with thousands of out-of-towners. And they spoke in different languages. The city was abuzz with celebration. There was even probably conversations going on about the death and, and the life of Jesus. And so they were probably talking about this because it was less than two months ago that this had happened. And so the disciples were telling people that Jesus was raised back to life. And so within the city of Jerusalem, all this was going on. And then suddenly, right in the middle of that, God sends the Holy Spirit upon his gathered believers in the upper room. The Holy Spirit falls on them. They're filled with his presence and, their, and his power. And in some way, there's enough commotion from this that people from all of the city come to where they are at that upper room to see and hear what What's going on and that's the point where Peter steps out and he begins to to talk to this crowd he begins to preach to them this crowd that's gathered around and somehow God even supernaturally uses his voice to speak to different languages out there so God does all of that so let's pick up the story right here in Acts 2 14 it says Peter stood up with the 11 that's the disciples that were there and it says he raised his voice, not in a shout like he was mad, but there were thousands of people listening. And so he was, he was projecting his voice out. And it says he addressed the crowd. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today, the crowd. And he was addressing the crowd and the crowd was gathered. They were standing shoulder to shoulder, but they weren't part of a church community. They were just a crowd. And so Peter says this in a sermon, he begins to preach them. And one of the things he says as kind of the key part of his sermon in Acts 2.21 is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, that's his message to them. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So let me ask you this question. It's the simple question, but who can be saved? And the answer is everyone. Everyone can be saved. Who can become part of God's family then? Well, everyone. There's a place for everyone. That means every race, every nationality, every tongue. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is welcomed into God's family and into the community that we call church. We gather and we find unity out of the name of Jesus. Everyone who is saved becomes part of God's family. Now, Peter explains this in more depth in Acts 2.38, just moving down the text. And he said to them, Peter replies, it says, repent and be baptized every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ. And so he's emphasizing in them that there is no other name that man can be saved. We are saved by the name of Jesus Christ. And he says, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now this was a huge declaration for this crowd that was there uh, because just less than two months earlier, they had rejected Jesus. And so Peter is boldly declaring that it is Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's like, this is it, this is the only way to God. And so he's preaching to this crowd of people that had rejected him, rejected Jesus, and now he's saying this is the only way, and there is no other way, no other method to be saved other than the name of Jesus. It's interesting because that's still so much of what it's like in, in our culture today. Our culture still wants to find other names and other ways to find salvation or to find enlightenment or to find peace. But I'm here to say what Peter says, that there is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. You see, that becomes one of the core essentials for what it means to be part of a Christian church. And the Christian church, a Christian community, is made up of some very common essential beliefs. And I want to share some of these essential beliefs because when we think of community, we have to come together over some core things. We say, these are the things we absolutely believe. If we cannot believe on these things, then we don't fit as a Christian community. Oh, we can be friends. We can hang out. We can be in a crowd together. But if we're going to be in community, these core things really matter. And so I want to share with you five core essentials that really, really matter to becoming a church community. And so let me take you to this. First, the Bible. The Bible. That's our sole basis for our belief. And we derive all of our belief from the Bible. We believe that the Bible is God-inspired, without error, and the final authority on all matters of life and theology. And so we believe the Bible. The Bible is what we take the standard of life from. If it's in the Bible, we believe it. Even if it goes against culture, we say the Bible is still right. It's always found in the Word of God. So the Bible, that's our first essential belief. The second is in God. There's only one God, one true God, and he is the create, creator of all things. And we know that he created humans to have a relationship or fellowship with him. Unfortunately, humans, we defied God, we have sinned. We've gone our own way and sin is a result of selfishness within us and we're all born with it. And as a result, we need a savior. We need saving grace to end that separation with God. And that's where we find the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life on earth. And because of God's love for us, he voluntarily paid for our sin, dying on the cross as a substitute for us. He rose from the dead and is the only way to restore our relationship with God. There is no other way. And that's what Peter was telling this crowd. There is no other way. It's in Jesus Christ alone. We also believe in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the living spirit of God that indwells and empowers believers for spiritual growth 
and for service in the kingdom of God. See, Peter and the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit that same day. And so they believe in the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and that becomes essential for us as believers. And the last thing I'll share with you that's essential to our core of coming together as a community is through salvation. Salvation. It comes only through the grace of God, not by my human efforts, but it's through the grace of God. And we must receive, personally receive that and repent of our faith, our repent and, and have faith in Jesus Christ. That's the essential for us. All who believe in Jesus and accept him have the gift of salvation, have the right to become children of God. And so Peter was preaching all of this to them. And the story goes on to, to say this in Acts 2.41. And it says that those who believed, listen, they believed in Jesus. They believed in those core essentials. Those who believed what Peter said, what did he say? He talked about Jesus. Those who believed that and were baptized and added to the church that day. Interesting. They believed and they were baptized and then they were added to the church. They were believed and baptized and somehow in some supernatural, mysterious way, they then said, this joins us together and we become a community. They were added to the church that day. And so I wanna talk for a moment about baptism. Uh, we talked about these core beliefs. They're important. They help bring us together. But also it said that the church, they believed and they were baptized. And out of that baptism, they were added to the church. And so why was baptism important to these early believers? Why did that get included in the text? Why wasn't just believe, but it was believe and be baptized. And so here are my thoughts on why baptism is so important. First, you need to understand that salvation is personal and baptism is public. Salvation is personal. Baptism is public. Salvation, it's personal. Only you can make a decision to give your life to Christ. Only you. No one can do that for you. You're the only one in a personal way that can believe in Jesus for salvation. You're not a Christian just because your parents were a Christian. You're not a Christian just because you went to church. You may have some Christian practices, but salvation is personal. That's a place for you to make a decision to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus as your savior. No one can do that for you. You're only a Christian if you personally, because it's personal. And really the reason it's personal is God wants to have a personal relationship with you. He doesn't wanna have a relationship with you through your family or through some, some method. He wants you to know him personally and you to know him personally. It's personal. The only way for you to become a Christian is for you to personally make a decision to believe in Jesus as your savior. So listen, salvation is personal. God is personal. It's so personal, it's great. But follow me with this. Your salvation is personal, but God did not intend for your salvation to be private. And that's hugely different. Let me say it in a different way. Again, your salvation is personal, but God did not intend for you to be alone. 
Like that's what baptism about. Baptism brings it to a public declaration. So we have a personal salvation. That's between you and God. No one forces you to it, you choose. But then there's this moment of a public declaration that says, I believe in Jesus Christ as my savior. Baptism, it declares publicly. It's a public way of saying, I believe in Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. I love the, the connotations that come out of baptism. Some things like this. When you are baptized, you are saying, I am devoted to God and I want everyone to know it. It's saying that I am not ashamed of Jesus. Like how great is that to be able to publicly say, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I, I am saved and I'm, I'm happy about it and I want the world to know. That's what baptism does. It takes it public. It's a public way of saying, I'm committed to a life that honors God. That's what we're doing, we're bat being baptized. We're, we're telling everybody, check it out. I'm committed to living a life that honors God. It's public. I like it also because in a public way, you're saying, hey, I belong to God, but I also belong to a body of believers. I'm part of the church-wide community. I'm part of something. I now belong to God's family. So baptism's important. It's so important. God doesn't want you to be a, a private, isolated Christian. He doesn't want you to do Christianity all by yourself. He doesn't want you to, to stand alone and fight your own battles. He wants you to, to be connected with other believers. And, and I think that when we're connected to other believers, we're, we're better, we're stronger. We actually have accountability in our life that helps us to stay on track. When we're connected to other believers, we grow in our spiritual life. I believe our faith is reinforced through community. That's what God wants for us. And that's why baptism's important because you go from personal into public and you are saying, I am part of a group of people that are gonna help me grow and I want everybody to know it. I'm saved and let the world hear all about it. Are you familiar with the Great Commission? You've probably heard that phrase. In Matthew 28, 19, let me read this to you, the Great Commission. It says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations. And then look right there, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Sandwiched right between make disciples and teach disciples, right in the middle of that is baptism. Listen, baptism is about you getting connected to a, a, you know, a public way to God, but it's also in the context of discipleship. Baptism says, I'm in to live this life out. I'm in to be all I can be for God in a public way. Baptism declares, I'm a follower of Christ and I wanna be connected to a group of believers for discipleship. So you may be thinking, well, I'm really new to this. I don't know what baptism really is. So let me explain baptism to you because in a few minutes, I'm gonna invite you to be baptized. I'm gonna invite you to come and, and be a part of our baptism service. So what is baptism? So here's a definition, you can see it on the screen. But baptism is an event where a person is immersed in water to publicly declare their personal decision of believing in Jesus as savior. So it's an event, it's full of, of symbolic meaning. 
Uh, it, it represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so here's what happens at baptism. So sometimes we go to the beach and do baptisms in the ocean, and that's a lot of fun. Now the temperatures have turned some. We're going to do our baptisms here uh, at our in-person services. And so we have basically a giant hot tub that we're going to put you in. And so you're going to get in this, this tank full of water. And what we do is three things. The first thing we do is we lay a person back. We fully immerse someone under water. And so we don't hold you there long, but it's just a quick underwater. What this represents is that, that you identify to the death of Jesus Christ. Like you identify and you, you are saying that I recognize Jesus died. Then the water that is washing over you represents the, the blood of Jesus that washes your sins away. It's through Jesus that we are made clean or made whole. And so that water represents that. And then last, we raise you up out of the water. And this represents that Jesus is being raised to life. And this is where you are recognizing that your old life is gone before Christ. And now your new life in Jesus has begun. And through him, through Jesus, you have a brand new life. And so baptism is just a public way to declare that my old life is gone and my new life has begun. I love baptisms. I love to do it when everybody's around. I think it's so exciting when someone comes out of the water, everybody begins to cheer. We begin to celebrate with you. It's a fun event because we're celebrating that your old life is gone, your new life has begun. There's not a better birthday party ever than a baptism birthday party. We're celebrating your, your spiritual birth. And so I want to finish today with two questions. And I want to land here as we begin this series on becoming a community and, and that we are better together because essentially we need to come together on the name of Jesus Christ in those core essentials. Baptism is a place that where you are declaring who you are in God. You're saved through Jesus Christ, but you're also publicly saying, hey, I'm open for discipleship. I want to be part of a, a community. And so two questions I have. The first question is this, is do you personally believe in Jesus as your Savior? Like just for this moment, will you park and consider that? Do you believe in Jesus as your savior? No one can do that for you. This is a decision. So right now you're listening to my voice and, and, and if you've never had a moment where you said, yes, I believe in Jesus, I want this to be your moment. Let me share with you four thoughts about that. One, you need to know you are loved by God. He loves you. He has a great plan for your life. And he wants you to, to be in a personal relationship with him. And he wants you to live forever, eternity into heaven with him. That's God's plan for you. He has a great plan. He loves you so much. The second thing I want you to know is man. This is you and I. We're imperfect people. Man is sinful. And that sin, as I mentioned earlier in my message, that's what separates us from God. He's a holy God. He does not associate with anything that's unholy. And so our sin makes us in a way unholy. And that separates us from from God. There's an answer, and that answer is in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross as our payment for our sin. He washed away our sins, and we are made holy. We are made righteous through Jesus. Therefore, we come back into a relationship with our Father, and that's what God wants. He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins. And the last thing for us today is accept. 
You need to accept God's gift. This is your decision. It's your moment. It's your moment right now to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I hope you'll take this moment to say yes to Jesus. If you're ready for that, would you pray this prayer with me? Maybe you're unsure. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know. I don't remember if I've ever done that. Let this be your moment. Don't be unsure. Don't miss another day, another moment without knowing where you stand with God. So let's pray this together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. I believe he carried my sin to the cross and all of my sins are forgiven. I believe Jesus was raised from the death, from death to life. And today I choose to surrender my life to him. Thank you for my salvation. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I hope you prayed that prayer today. I hope you made that your moment. And if you did, we wanna hear from you. Please go to our website. Go to the, the services there, on online services, and a place to tell us that you made a decision to follow Christ. Please let us know. That's part of being connected. We wanna know. But next, what's equally as important is that you make a decision to be publicly baptized. That follows salvation. Baptism follows your salvation. And I want to remind you that our church is having a baptism service on November 15th. And I want you there. I want you here. I want you to be a part of that on November 15th. And I need you to sign up for that. I need you to go to, to our website at lifecc.com. There's a place for baptism. Sign up for that. We don't want to miss you. We want to know you're coming. We want you to be known in our church as someone who wants to be baptized. So please go fill that out. And let me say to you, if you've never been baptized, then do it. Do it. Get baptized. Maybe you got saved years ago when you were a child, but you just didn't know about baptism. And today you're like, oh, I want to be baptized. I want to declare that Jesus is my Lord. I want to publicly say it. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. If you're not ashamed of Jesus, then get baptized. Maybe you were baptized a long time ago and in some way it didn't have any meaning to you. And you're thinking, I want to be baptized again. Listen, I don't care. You can come be baptized again. You don't need to be, but you're welcome to if you want to get baptized again. If this has some significance to you, get baptized. It's, it's pretty simple. You're just once again declaring that you belong to Jesus and you want the world to know it. If you're out of town, listen, if you're out of town, a couple options for you. One, make a journey here. Be with us. We'd love to host you. We'd love for you to be here. It'd be fantastic. You would love it. It'd be so great. Uh, if you can't get here, maybe there's a way for us to find a pastor in your town. You tell us where you are. We'll find a church there. We'll find a place for you to be baptized. Uh, we don't want you to miss it. Maybe if you live close enough, somebody from our church can come to where you are and baptize you. We'll put it on a video and we'll show everybody. And that way you get to be part of our church community. One way or another, don't miss your opportunity to be baptized. Baptized. And so I want to encourage you with all of that. So sign up and let's be baptized and let's make that November the 15th a day to remember. It'd be awesome. Awesome. All right, church. God bless you. I'm so glad you're with us. And I want to remind you this before I let go here. And I, I want you to hear me. I love you. Our whole staff is praying for you. We care about you so much. I know many of you are at a place where you need to be separated from our in-person services. And I want you to know we're never giving up on you. We want to help you feel connected to us. We love you so much. God bless you, church. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.